Football Social Daily. Premier League Update. Hello, this is Football Social Daily from the Sports Social. Welcome to your Premier League update for Thursday. On today's show, we'll be looking at a lacklustre Liverpool performance in Europe. Not often we say that of Jurgen Klopp's side, but it happened. A 1-1 Champions League draw with Napoli means December is even more hectic than it was before for the Reds. Also, we'll be discussing Nuno Espirito Santo. He's been linked to the Arsenal job. Gunners boss Unai Emery is under pressure and Wolves gaffer Santo seems to be top of the list to replace him. At least that's what the rumours suggest. We'll have some insight into how Wolves fans feel about their manager possibly jumping ship ahead of Europa League action for both of those clubs tonight. And what might have slipped under the radar this week is that Graham Potter, the Brighton manager, has signed a new long-term contract until 2025. We'll have our tuppence worth on that as well. And if we really run out of things to say, on Monday Night Football they chose their team of the decade. Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville have had their say. What about these two lads in the studio? What do they think? Joining me on the show today, we've got Joe McGrath. Hello, Joe. Hello, you are right. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. Oh, no, I've missed you. We've missed you. You've been busy with your excess breakfast show, setting up bars in the studio and all sorts of stuff. You could get a bit leery towards uh, the back end of this podcast. I mean, <laughs> it's a delicious plum pudding uh, beer that they've installed. Have you tried any, Steve? Thought, no, mate, no. <laughs> I've not had the, uh, the invitation to go in and sample it. Uh, wow, that's delicious. Steve McNaughton over there. I've already had a pint this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> a genuine pint in the office. Well, you might have felt like having a pint after Liverpool's performance last night, though, Steve, because yeah. that's where we're going to start with the Champions okay. League at Anfield. Liverpool won. Napoli won. I saw you tweet when Liverpool went 1-0 down saying a set piece is where we're going to get our equaliser, if anything, out of this game yeah. here. And it happened. Yeah. An unlikely source, Dejan Lovren with the, with the header to, to set Liverpool level. But it was just an out-of-sorts performance from Liverpool. They just didn't quite look the side that we're used to seeing. Is there anything you can put that down to at all? Or is it just a bad day at the office? I think the word that you're looking for is <laughs> If I'm honest, um, I, I'm thoroughly disappointed with last night. Um I mean, I've got a list as long as my arm that I could talk about, but I think it it started from the lineup being announced and, and, okay. and the players that he put in the team last night. Napoli were there for the taking last mm. night. The seventh in Serie A, this real kind of disarray in that camp at the minute over the uh, the Auralis, is it? Is that his name? The, yeah, the, 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 he wanted to take him to a training camp. The in chairman, I think, as well, said he was going to dock a quarter of their wages, twenty five percent, until they started picking up results. I think they drew five out of their last six Serie A games, and they lost the other one. So yeah. it's really not been. Great and Ancelotti's under a lot of pressure because yeah. obviously we know that he was linked with the Tottenham job, but apparently it was too expensive for mm, Tottenham. Yeah. So I think if you. Look Look at it, where Liverpool are and where they started the season. The, Napoli were there for the taking last night, but you know I got I seen the lineup and I thought, oh, I don't think the right players are starting today. Certainly, mm. Joe Gomez at right back had that absolute nightmare. He's not a right back in that Liverpool team. He is not a right back, and we should never do that again. I think Henderson, you know, showed it up a little bit when he went to right back last night. Um, I put Milner in there, you know, or, or you know, Wijnaldum starting on the bench against Napoli. Not quite sure that was the right thing to do, but you know, we we just didn't get going. You know, Napoli were entrenched in their half for large parts of that game yesterday, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. And we, when teams do that and they set up and they sit really deep and they're just saying, right, you're going to have to get through us somehow. We don't have the answer to that. Mm. You know, Man United did it at Old Trafford. You know, they did it for what seventy-five minutes, Joe, mm-hmm. uh, eighty minutes, and we just didn't have a way of getting through. And I think Liverpool have got a, they've got to figure that out. And we've talked about you know signing a creative player in previous transfer windows that can unlock the door like Coutinho used to do. 
because um, someone needs to help that front three out at the minute. Now, I don't think it's a crisis, and I apologise for coming off, across a bit negative, but I think that with the December that we've got coming up, I think the squad looks a little bit thin. And you know, Well, well that's what I wanted to ask you, really. Yeah. Um, Fabinho went off injured. Van Dijk looked like he was in pain at one point during the game. Salah has got a, a dodgy ankle. Robertson is also questionable with his fitness. We know that Liverpool's squad strength arguably isn't as strong as Manchester City's. No but Liverpool have managed to keep that crop of players fit and healthy over the last couple of seasons. If injuries start now, particularly in December, where the fixtures are just so stacked and you've got a Club World Cup in Qatar, Mm. you've got a game against West Ham that needs to be rescheduled. You've now got a must-win Champions League game because you drew against Napoli. Mm. How much of a concern is that for you as a Liverpool fan? It's massive because I think what the ideal scenario last night would have been to beat Napoli you know, two one, one nil, whatever. To and get the job to, done. Get the job mm-hmm. done. Go to Salzburg and and play the kids. You know, and really rotate the squad heavily. And if you take a bit of a pace, then often because they are a decent side with some really really nice players. And but it's not now. We've got to get at least a draw there. Yeah. Uh, well, we've just got to avoid defeat, haven't we? And we go through. Mm. Um, but it's it's not ideal. And I think when you've got this this run of fixtures coming up, and the lack of depth in the squad that we, we've talked about. Um, and I just think some strange selections last night. Um, I, I really wasn't happy when I seen the team. Mm. And um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how Jürgen handles it because he's got a lot to ponder at the minute. Yeah, definitely. Joe, when Manchester United won the Champions League in 2008... <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. A long time ago now, 11 years, years ago. They were in the Club World Cup and they actually had to withdraw from the FA Cup. Sir Alex Ferguson just said, I'm not doing it. I'm not playing all of these games. There's too much happening. Liverpool have decided not to do that. They're going to go sort of all guns blazing into all the competitions and the injuries are starting. I mean, what do you see in terms of what their sort of future lies for December? December will be a massive month and it's just about the the results will come for Liverpool, but it's just about not the the boat getting rocked if one doesn't uh, fall their way because that's what you can get yourself in in a bit of pressure. If if a draw sneaks up on them, then then people go, oh, look at what's coming. What Look at the, the, the pack December you're going to have. Surely should be prioritising one or the other. Uh, I think that Jurgen Klopp thinks he, he can do it all and I think he's got a good enough squad to, to just get through December and December. If you get through December with a, with a fit squad with with results, I think then the rest of the year could look a bit easier. I know the back end of the season is when the big games come out of nowhere. It's when the fixtures really start heating up, especially in the Champions League. If you want to go all the way again, prioritizing the FA Cup or getting rid of the FA Cup or even a cup run like the Carabao Cup, etc. Like them games that are. The, the niggle games that you know you've got maybe a big Premier League uh, f- fixture on the weekend, but you've got to you know maybe play a, a cup tie if you if you're drawn. It's them games that will really give you the hiccup, um, and I think that's what Sir Alex Ferguson didn't want to happen. Withdrawn for the FA Cup, he didn't want to be in a, a, a situation where he might have picked up a draw in one round and then has to play yeah, another, another game replay, yeah. so not necessarily saying he probably couldn't take on the fact that he could probably may have done the FA Cup but he did, didn't want any hiccups on the way if his side didn't pick up the result he didn't want to then play another game yeah because that uh, was before the penalty shootouts wasn't it yeah mm-hmm. so that's probably why I mean he might have changed now I still think that Ewan Klopp uh, has got confidence in his side and he knows what he's doing his head's on his shoulders if, if he's doing this he's doing it for a reason Late arrival, sorry boys. Late arrival, Stefan. Are we getting on you all right? Yeah. Uh, did you watch any of the Champions League last night, Stefan? Yeah, I watched Liverpool match. How uh, would you make of it? 
To be honest, Jurgen Klopp was a bit angry after the game, I thought, and I could I could see why. He's made it a little bit more difficult for himself. It's unfortunate what happened with Fabinho. Yeah, it's a disaster. Um, is that a disaster, Steve? <laughs> I mean, if Van Dijk's injured, Fabinho's yeah. injured, and let's just say Salah doesn't shake this ankle injury that's been keeping him sort of bench-bound for a while. Yeah. I mean, how much of a damage could that do for Liverpool in well, terms for, of winning for, games? Fabinho is is an absolute nightmare because we've not got anyone else who can do the job that he does in, you know, in the team. I mean, they're talking about kind of Naby Keita coming in and doing that, but I'm just not... That worries me. I'm just not convinced that he could do that um, because I think even though Keita has shown glimpses of, of quality um, across the season and after he's been there, he's, he's not ready to play regular football in the Liverpool team, I don't think. And the Van Dyke one, I'm not too concerned about it because it look, looks more like a little knock as opposed to anything more sinister. But I think Fabinho, from what I'm hearing, is a medial ligament injury and he, he could be out for a little bit. Do you know what I loved after the game is uh, in the post-match interview, Carlo Ancelotti, he stood there like a bit of a mafia don, his one eyebrow's raised to the sky <laughs> and he just goes, we just did it Italian style tonight. Yeah, did it Italian class. style. He's class. I really That's like Ancelotti. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, he is. He, and it's this is something that... And like I said, it's no crisis for Liverpool. You know, we're top of the league, we're top you've of the group. We've drawn a game. We've drawn, drawn a game. game but yeah. I think, and I, and I tweeted it before, you're just seeing a couple of little things here that you think, ah, you know, there's, there's a couple of bumps a in of the weakness. road mm. on mm. the horizon. Uh, you know, Fabinho, they're playing Joe Gomez at right back. Um, you know, Henderson having to go to right back to short that up and not beating a Napoli team uh, uh, is a club in disarray, really. Do you, so. think, do you think Klopp's kind of worrying to the point where he's thinking... How long can I get away with the luck being on my side all the time? Because I've think he's quite a lot of scrap. <laughs> no, but no, but they've had I mean, a lot of scrap. What he's trying to say there that, that the only reason the top of the league is because of no, VAR. No. That's what he's trying to say. No, yeah, but <laughs> 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 <That's definitely laughs> no. How many times can you win two one? Sometimes it doesn't always go that way. They've had some dead scrappy results, haven't they? If anyone's listening, if anyone's listening and knows how many times Liverpool have won two one over the last couple of seasons, don't tell send me because I'll it'll at be... the sports social. You can bury Stefan right here, right now. But it, it, you know you're, you're right, and I think Liverpool have got a, a style now where the, the you know the winning games ugly, aren't they? And you know they're going behind, which is a concern because they've, they've you know they've. Um, uh, not kept you know clean sheet in eleven games. You know nine teams have visited Anfield and scored. It's just you look at it and you think if you're going to kind of win the Premier League and you're going to be up there, you can't be giving teams a goal head start. You know every single game, you just can't do it. And I think that for me, if I was a betting man, I think he's trying to get through to January in the transfer window opening and trying to bring in a couple mm-hmm. of reinforcements who can come in and, and potentially do a job. Um, but I just hope Fabinho's not the rest of the season. I hope it is literally kind of four, six weeks or something like that, and we can get him involved in this key period that's coming up. Really, mm. but we shall see. Would he spend money in January? Uh, it's not a great window. I've, who would yeah, they sign? Uh, they, well, they'd have to sign someone who's um, uh, not not cup tied. Obviously, if they're still mm. in the Champions League. You grab Jones from us if you want. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, I know you're a big fan of Phil Jones, but uh, you know the worst case scenario. I'm just going to throw another spanner out here. The worst case scenario for Liverpool, the absolute worst case scenario, is they end up in the Europa League. Wow, by, that, by that being not knocked out of the group. I don't you think mean. you'd be knocked. The group, but sure. I'm just yeah. kind of speculating. And Imagine I'm just that Thursday night football Thursday is not yeah. what you need, is it? No, you're trying United to win Liverpool in the final. You're trying the to win League. the Premier League, but you're going to like bloody Kazakhstan on a Thursday night. <laughs> just doesn't compute, does it? And I think that listen, obviously, I'm, it's a great time to be a Liverpool fan. There's a lot of good stuff around Liverpool at the moment. Ground redevelopment, massive Nike deal, great squad first oh, eleven. It's, amazing, it's, it's an amazing time, but. 
you know, you've got to be a realist and go, actually, there's a couple of little things here that are of concern at the minute. Yeah. Well, Steve says it's an amazing time to be a Liverpool fan. It could equally be argued that it's an amazing time to be a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan. And that's where we'll be going next. After this break, we'll be talking to Sam from the 77 Club podcast, the Wolverhampton Wanderers podcast. He's going to talk to us about the rumours that Nuno Espirito Santo could be on his way to Arsenal. This is Football Social Daily. Don't go anywhere. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. This is your only daily Premier League podcast, so hit subscribe and never miss another episode. Now, after the weekend's Premier League fixtures, there were a host of managers under serious pressure. Manuel Pellegrini, Ralph Hasenhurtl, and also... Unai Emery. Of course, the Arsenal boss is under some serious pressure right now from the Arsenal fans. And there's rumours circulating that Nuno Espirito Santo, the Wolves boss, might be on his way to the Emirates Stadium. I'm not so sure myself, but I'm keen to know what Wolverhampton Wanderers fans think. We've got Sam on the line from the 77 Club, the Wolverhampton Wanderers podcast. Hello, mate. Thanks for joining us. How are you feeling? Good morning. Yeah, I'm feeling hey, fine. Sam. got Europa League action tonight, so um, looking forward to it. Yeah, so. Europa League against Braga. But we'll talk about that in a moment because the first thing I wanted to ask you was, what do you make of all of this Nuno jumping ship business then? Of course, many Arsenal fans seem that it's set in stone that Unai Emery's going to get the sack and they want someone to come in to replace him. Lots of rumours about Nuno Spirito Santo. What do you make of it all? It is the wonders of booking markets, I think, to begin with. We were talking on the podcast last night, and it literally can take a £20 bet to swing a market because if you compare it with something like the Grand National where you can't really have inside information on who's going to win it, so it stays pretty open. But when it comes to inside information on where a next manager is going to move, it's it can swing it a lot more because bookies don't want to miss out. But to be honest, I think uh, Nuno would move down the table to a club below Wolves, and he's got a great setup at Wolves, fantastic academy. It's Category A. He's got all the money that you need to spend, and I know he's on an absolute packet at Molyneux as well. And Arsenal aren't known to splash the cash. I think it's just paper talk, to be honest. Sam, is it fair to say that Wolves are a better team than Arsenal, but Arsenal are a yes. bigger team than Wolves? Uh, I, I, think, I think. Yeah, I, come on, I, Steve. Of course they are. they are. I think Wolves are a team in transition into a better place and Arsenal have been on a downward slope for probably about eight years. But remember, this is going to play on Nuno's mind. He's he's going to be asked a question. They're going to talk to him. But if Emery was brought in to revamp Arsenal and get rid of the entire dynasty that was over 25 years with Arsene Wenger, and he's been given 18 months to do that, it doesn't give you confidence in a board going forward to say, well, look, you want me to completely shape the team? Yes, he would probably go after some of Wolves' bigger guns in January. Obviously, defence is a mess at Arsenal. Someone Mm -hmm. like Willie Bolly would solve their problems. But he is working on a project. He's taken them from the Championship in his first season, got them into Europe in his second season in the Premier League, and now it looks like group stage qualification and getting into the next round of the Europa League with Wolves. I just don't see... To me, it doesn't make sense as a progression and something that he has built that philosophy as well, if that makes sense. Inevitably, Nuno was going to be asked about the Arsenal job, and that's exactly what happened. But I thought he conducted himself with real class, Sam, when he said, listen, there's a manager already in place at Arsenal. I mean, people were asking him questions as if Emery had already been sacked. Emery is obviously still the manager at Arsenal. He's not left yet. I mean, many people are expecting him to go, but he's not gone yet. So Nuno just said, hang on a sec. I'm in a job here at Wolves. He's in a job at Arsenal. Why are you asking me about a job that's not available right now? 
it's classic Nuno though because he won't tell you who's injured. So it, when you look, take a press conference from Nuno, he will be very, very samey, very much of it's about the next game. We need to get either the win or the three points, and he does, just doesn't give much away. And especially as he is in a job, and like you say, Emery is in a job also. He, he is a very, very respectful manager. But well, don't I don't ask Neil Warnock whether that's the case. Though. <laughs> you don't sound too concerned that he's going to leave, Sam. I think you're quite confident he's he going to stay. I honestly don't think he will. I really, I'd put my house on him not leaving. Um, a couple of the other guys and a lot of Wolves fans are worried uh, because they've never been in this position before. I don't think in our history we've ever had a manager poached which just shows you how terrible we've been in the past, but also that when wow. things are going well, you know, it's always better the devil you know, isn't it? I think, you know, you could go to Arsenal, Emirates, fantastic stadium with the atmosphere of a library, or you can have a rock in Molyneux that puts on a light display every game. And, and fire. Don't forget the fire, atmosphere. Sam. Yeah, don't forget Do you know fire. what, Sam? <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right, mate. I think mm. it's fantastic to see a club like Wolves do what they've done and be fifth in the Premier League and be kind of picking up wins and results and be above teams that are considered bigger than them I think he'd be mad to swap Wolves for Arsenal he'd be absolutely mad and I, I'm like you mate I will double up on my house uh, as well if he was to, uh, <laughs> if he was to do that but it's, it's I'm, you know, I'm made up for you Wolves fans mate it's, it's really good to see is it just me? Is it just me? Obviously, you as well. But that feels that strongly that this just isn't going to happen. I just don't think I mean, it will. It could be my Kevin Keegan moment, but I feel that it just, to me, when I look at the pros and cons of him doing it, I just can't see the pro. I just can't see. He's not going there to work with world class. World-class players, Obama Young. Obama Young and Lacazette. Everybody always says those two, and that, you know everybody has one of those players. Would Jimenez get into that Arsenal side? I think he would. Mm. I think he'd have to be in there in his goals this season. Neves would. Season and his course, Matinho Neves would. would. Matinho would. Yep. Yeah. Willie Bolly. They they want him. And Bolly, I think Willie Bolly. Bolly would. Bolly well, would. Let's Bolly just say. Bolly would. I think he'd do it. I think he'd go. I think he'd leave. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think he just sees that. You know, where's he going to go with Wolves? What's what's next for his Wolves? trip and his Wolves journey and eventually soon break you know, the top four it, it, it break the top four oh, okay when's well, that going to happen win the Europa it's, League Joe, it's not going to happen oh it's not going to happen it's is it <laughs> Sam if it does happen and Nuno does go to Arsenal I'll have two houses to flog yours and Steve's um, <laughs> you tell you what if he, if he goes you'll ring me up straight away and I will come on here in tears and <laughs> oh, good man. Well, well let's just discuss tonight's game first just quickly before we let you go you've got Braga what do you make of tonight's uh, encounter against Braga I think it's really important to get the win. I think we owe them one from the, that first uh, group game um, way back when. Seems like an absolute age ago now. Um, but they squeezed it 1-0. Got an early goal and part of the bus. And I think we've learned how to break teams down better compared to how we were doing last season. We've done well in the group ever since. We've won every single away game, even though there's two of them in the group so far. So I have no doubt that we'll make it 3-3 three three, uh, this evening win the group and then it's on to the next stage and maybe Arsenal might join us in the next round (laughs) (laughs) Hey Sam it's been great to chat to you mate thanks for joining us and uh, tell us about the uh, 77 Club podcast and where we can find it So best place to go is probably Twitter at 77 Club podcast uh, same on Facebook and Instagram too Uh, we release every Wednesday evening so the latest episode is out now Nice one Nice Nice one one, Sam Chat to you soon mate and best of luck tonight Cheers, take Cheers, care. Guys. What a great guy. <coughs> great guy. Listening to Sam there reminded me a little bit of when um, I was York City on Championship Manager and after 10 years I finally take him to the Champions League and could go no further and then ditched him and went to Man United.
I think oh, that's what's oh, gone. Oh, I think yeah. that's what's going to happen <laughs> to Santa. Traitor. Yeah. Um, one person who hasn't ditched their current club, in fact, he's been rewarded with a new deal, is the Brighton manager, Graham Potter. He signed a two-year extension, which means he's gone from a contract until 2023 to 2025. Oh. And in a time where managers are always under pressure, and we've seen it so much this week in the Job Premier League security. alone... Exactly. Job security. Gary Neville said that three years is the perfect amount of time to be a manager, Joe. Potter's now got another six years to go at Brighton. Why have they done that? Yeah, so why are they doing it? That's the question. (laughs) Apparently the chairman was so impressed with how Potter started his Brighton (laughs) tenure, he's rewarded him. That's going to go wrong, isn't it? He's got a touch of the Alan Pardew at Newcastle about it, hasn't it? Here's here's a 14-year contract. (laughs) Unless they know that obviously the six years is ridiculous, unless they know they can afford the payoff if anything goes wrong. That's the only reason to give him that contract. You don't want to condense it down into two or three years because then then you're doubling his wage, but you can stretch it out for longer so then if anything does go wrong, you know you can probably afford the payoff. If they went, if they upped his wage by, what, 100% and then just went, here's double your amount of money that you're on, then they set a precedent for themselves, even if they drop down to the championship, the money that they have to pay for managers is just going to go through the roof. So maybe the longer contract is just to say, look, you're doing a mint job. We want you for as long as possible. Hopefully you're going to do well for us. But, you know, if you don't and we have to sack you, we're going to have to pay you off, but we can afford it. I don't think well, it's Bri- going to be on massive money, Well, is Brighton are 12th on 15 points in the Premier League table. And when Chris Hewton was sacked at the end of last season, having kept Brighton up, everyone went, oh, that's a bit harsh. Mm. But yet they brought in Potter and he seems to have hit the ground running, which is testament to him. He's, he's done a, a decent job so far. Mm. He's a wizard. And he plays really nice football as well. The thing is, is how long can Brighton keep that up for? Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea about what Brighton are going to do. They'll probably just kind of sit there. Are we saying that they should try and go for more? They've invested big over the last 10 years of Brighton. That, that, that stadium is, is a, although it's not massive, is a, is a great stadium. Mm. They're doing all right in the league. They're not, they're not been relegated. Job's a fish. I think they're a well-run club, right? Jobs are fish. Jobs are fish. Never heard that before. That is yeah, the most northern thing I've ever exactly, heard. Yeah, that's a typical step. But you know, they're, they're a well-run club, Brighton. You know, they they, they play decent football. They've got some you know quality in the squad, and I think I'm not sure it's the right thing to do. But I think that in the current era where we've got about five or six Premier League managers under real threat. You know, they're probably thinking we've got a good young manager here who's pulling up some trees at Brighton. Let's just kind of lock the asset down. Really, Graham Potter's doing great. Yeah, next Man City manager. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, before the end of today's Football Social Daily Premier League update, why not talk about something that not a lot of people decided to talk about after Monday night football? And I'm not talking about Aston Villa against Newcastle United, a game which Villa won 2-0. I'm talking about what Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, the two pundits in the studio, selected as their team of the decade from the Premier League, 2010 to 2019, which is, of course, drawing to a close. Why not go through them? In goal, one that might uh, please Joe, David De Gea, Mm. but you just... You're looking a little concerned there, Joe. I'm, I'm floored, I'm stunned by the whole the whole thing. I just you will carry on, but I, I just think that it's a bit ridiculous. Is there a severe lack of Manchester United players in this team? Is There's that one? That's it. There's only one yeah, Man United. Been, player yeah, but you've been sh- since 2013. Yeah, but how long's a decade, mate? It's ten years. Seven, you've right? only good the last two. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we, you know, there's three years that we've been all right. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm not arguing with you on that, but <laughs> I'm just kind of saying. Okay, both Neville and Carragher have gone for David De Gea. 
as the goalkeeper of the decade. Are we all in agreement yeah, there? Yeah. Yes. Over the 10 years, I think he's been the best. 100%. Okay, that's a clean sweep. Pablo Zabaleta, Vincent Company, Virgil van Dijk and Cesar Ethelicueta is the back four. It's unanimously selected by both <laughs> of the pundits. They've both gone for that back Stunned. four. Zabaleta, Company, van Dijk, Ethelicueta. What are you saying, Joe? I mean, come on. Why are you scratching your head here? I think that uh, there's a... I mean, Virgil van Dijk is a great player. But, I mean, the team of the decade for a Premier League team. We won two Premier Leagues this last decade, United. And there's no Vidic or Ferdinand anywhere in the mix there. I know they were coming to the end of their career, but Vidic was still that rock. Look how much we've crumbled at the back since two colossal uh, defenders <laughs> went missing. You know, you know, they, Fergie, Fergie went to win his final. Fergie got beat, humiliated, humiliated by Man City in 2012. He went into the final season and he was fine with his back four. He just needed to replace a striker. And that back four contained Ferdinand and it contained Vidic, not Van Dijk, who's polishing his silver medals trophy. He won the Champions League last season, you Joe's made his case for a video. Zabaleta's all right. I mean, he's all right. Zabaleta. I think Zabaleta, fair enough. Yeah, Zabaleta, fair enough. I can't think of anyone else who's uh, better than maybe, Zabaleta. Yeah, no, I think I, I've not. The only thing I'd swap at uh, left back is Aspilicueta for Andy Robertson. I would like wind up as seriously the sure well, Let's rattle through this then. I think, uh, in, in fairness to Vidic, it would probably be him over Ferdinand. Ferdinand went, yeah, to, Q- yeah. Ferdinand went to QPR in 2012 or something. It was an absolute car crash. Disaster. Wait. Retired him. Retired himself at QPR. He was that bad. I think he left, af- he left after we won the Premier yeah, League. Fair enough. But he Again, was, he was in, terrible at QPR, which is still Premier League. Aspilicueta, I think, has been an absolute rock for Chelsea. He's yeah. won two Premier Leagues in that time. I don't think you can argue with him at left back. Now, this is what's interesting. The midfields, um, N'Golo Conte, Yaya Torre and David Silva, says Jamie Carragher. Eden Hazard, Yaya Torre and David Silva, says Gary Neville. Now, interestingly, Hazard is in both of the teams, but Jamie Carragher's playing him as a forward. Neville's playing him in midfield. I think, you've got, I think, I think you've got to take Conte out and put Hazard in there. I agree with Torre and Silva. But Azad's like world, world, world class, isn't he? So I'd go for him. He is world class. Conte's, like, Conte's been the best in his position, the best at what he does. But nobody likes to watch defensive midfielders. They like to watch attackers. Yeah. Well, and Yaya Torre was more exciting to watch agreed. than N'Golo Conte. Nobody mm. raves about Fiat Fernando Hierro or Claude Makélélé, do they? It's all, no. about, it's all about Azad, man. Amazing. The forwards, Bale, Aguero and Azard is ooh, Jamie Carragher's ooh. team. How, how is Rooney not in there? Oh, Kane, do you know what I mean? Aguero <laughs> Wait, and Suarez. Kane, <laughs> Kane, Aguero and Suarez are absolutely we'll take Suarez right out of it. Wayne Rooney was a good Manchester United player for the first half of this decade. Let's not forget that he broke the record for the most goals scored by the team that has won the most Premier Leagues of all time, right? He broke the record. And he is not in there, but Gareth Bale is. And he went to f***ing Real Madrid in 2012, didn't he? Your language is terrible today. I'm not asked. Harry Kane, the most overrated player in the Premier League by a mile. No, 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 no. no. Let's have a bit of order. Have you just said Harry Kane? I don't like Harry Kane. He's in the team of the decade. I'd even put Robbie Van Persie this in there Bedlam. as well. Ha- Harry Kane. Robbie Van Persie single-handedly oh. won the Premier League for no, Manchester United. No, 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 no. I, I agree. I would put Robin Van Persie and Wayne Rooney out but of the yeah, top yeah, Harry Kane, 100%. who balls up most opportunities, England in the semi-finals, can't even do uh, have an impact against Liverpool in the Champions League final. This is outrageous. Do it when it matters. And that are two players who does it when it matters. I'd say Wayne Rooney and Robin Van Persie do it when it matters. I wouldn't put Van Persie personally. I'd put Rooney nah, on. Won, I can argue, but, but Kane he, has been he won good. The Premier League single-handedly for Man United. Kane has season. been good since 2015. 
which is half the decade. So, well, I think he deserves it. Suarez has been very good for Liverpool. He single-handedly nearly won him the title till he balls the <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> nearly won the title. <laughs> nearly. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good player. He's a good player. But Listen. the reality is, he dragged that team along and he, they fluffed it, what, last game of the season or the game before? Harry Kane hasn't dragged the team along anywhere. Yes. Yes. All right, can we all agree that Aguero's got to be in there because he has done the business. Aguero is an unbelievable decade. striker. Yeah. Aguero's in unbelievable. there. Unbelievable. Suarez only scored goals against Norwich. I like Suarez. Gareth Bale is an <laughs> overrated player. Joe hates Harry Kane. This has been Football Social Daily. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy, it's got a voice left now. It's, it's, all, it's all got a bit rowdy in the studio. Uh, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. If your eardrums are still intact and you haven't got tinnitus from all of this uh, angry shouting about the team of the decade, let us know on Twitter instead what you think at the Sports Socials, the Twitter handle to use, and we want to know what your team of the decade is and who you fancy to go into your starting eleven. Subscribe to the podcast and you'll never miss another episode. But that's it for now. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.